0: Well, Brent is gay, and Kalen's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior.
1: Issue 221. I'm Kalen.
0: Clark. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brent Wingate, and this week we kick off with a comic book highlight for Black History Month. We'll take a trip down onto the trailer park for the boys' halo. There's a newsflash and some games, and we've got those fret, fresh hot pressed issues. And as always, we want to Plug Me Daddy. Uh, but now uh, for something more serious and uh, not as stupid as Plug Me Daddy, I hate to have to make this transition now. Kalen, do you want to talk about Black History Month?
1: Yeah, so uh, Black History Month just started. Um, and I got a book for my birthday a few months ago called The Invisible Men, uh, the, tra- the Trailblazing Black Artists of Comic Books. And it's by uh, Ken Quattro. And it is an introspective on um, uh, Black comic book artists from the Golden Age. And I'm not as familiar with Golden Age comics as maybe other folks are. Uh, But, you know, a lot of folks had to be, you know, they kind of had to be, quote unquote, in the closet at the time. They couldn't reveal who they really were. And it's amazing to me how many Black artists there were that, that, like, worked on some mainstream comics and some comics I didn't even hear about uh, back in the day. So I just started reading it. Uh, I'm really, really excited uh, to delve more into it, but uh, it it's, it's a beautiful book. Uh, if you haven't picked it up, I highly recommend it. Again, it's called The Invisible Men and it's by Ken Quattro.
0: All right. Um, yeah, I can imagine that in a time where, you know, there's other artists who are getting ripped off already by comic book organizations that it's even easier to do uh, if they're not white men. Um, uh, but tell us when you finish it, uh, what your thoughts on it were. Um, I'd be interested to hear what you thought of the artwork. Uh, and now for a very solemn. Yay! Oh, this, this is, is a worse transition, Brent? actually, Brent. Go on down to the trailer park. Uh, I'm from Georgia, so that's not offensive at all. Oh, all yeah, right. that's Paramount. your natural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paramount Plus has a full length trailer for their TV adaptation of the hit game Halo. It's replete with Super Soldiers, Alien Covenants, and Forbidden Giant Space Donuts, but would have the all-important video game feature of teabagging your opponents. Uh, did any of y'all play Halo at all? Go fuck yourself. Of course
2: I did. I played the shit out of it.
1: Yes. So I played it a couple of times, but I hate first-person shooters so much because I get actually physically nauseous playing them. I can see you get over I don't you, like them.
2: I don't like you, them. you getting shot by me sniping you from miles away you, would That's every Friday part. night. That's just <laughs> that's just every weekend,
1: right? <laughs> Sorry. Ryan. Sorry about that. You know, when, wow. these,
0: when video games switched from having like a, a health bar where you're losing specific units, then jumping from the 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 sliding scale to the flashing red lights every time you're being hit and you don't know where it's come from. It brings so much anxiety and stress into your life.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I initially thought that's what trauma looked like, but it's not. It's not what it, it's not what happens.
0: Yeah, so
2: <laughs> it looks very different.
0: <laughs> so, what do you what do you think of the trailer? I think it looks pretty good. Uh, it to me, it seems like they're very much hoping that this is a hit and that they can extend the storyline, you know, uh, pretty far because the trailer was not looking like it was progressing quickly through, you know, what is a lot of lore in the, you know, kind of halo universe.
3: Yeah.
2: It's visually stunning. It looks great. It looks pretty accurate. Uh, I, I did get a little bored during the trailer, but uh, that'll probably happen during the show as well, but I'll probably watch every episode. I don't know.
1: I, I mean, you, you know, my feelings on video game adaptations for movies and TV shows Uh, And they sometimes can work. Castlevania is a great example of it. And we talked about that on podcasts, but I feel like first person shooters, especially, I mean, does anybody remember the doom movie with the rock? Yeah. And it's like, I mean, (laughs) doom was a fun game, you know, back in the day, if you were around then, but it it didn't translate well, you know, and obviously this looks better, but like, you know, you know, production values have gone up in the 10 odd years or so that the doom movie came out, but I don't, story-wise, I don't know what they, you know, what they're really going to do.
0: I actually got pretty worried about that because there was one quick second frame. You can see where you're from the perspective of the master chief's helmet while he's fighting some aliens. And I worry that that's going to come up more than that one second because that's too much.
2: They're going to play with it. They're going to, if it's not a good fan reaction, then they'll probably backpedal on it. Um, I do, I do kind of wonder, since this is coming out on Paramount Plus, what are the implications now that Bungie, which uh, owns the rights, uh, like, Sony just bought that? So that's, it's going to be interesting to see how (laughs) the streaming wars continue after if this is a big hit or not. I was going to say, as soon as you said Paramount Plus, I was
1: like, is this a stealth season of RuPaul's Drag Race? (laughs) <laughs> because if it is, I'm here for it.
2: Oh, the reveals? Yes. Yeah.
0: All right. Amazon has a new show about the corrupted nature of superheroes with this uh, hyper-sexualized animated spinoff of The Boys. It looks like there's a lot of animation styles going on, um, but I have two main questions. Number one, what ground do you guys think this show could cover that the live action couldn't? And number two... Do you think this trailer had enough jizz references, uh, Clark?
3: Um, so what I was thinking in um, Halo was that I've never, and I never will use the phrase, I need Cortana more than ever, or whatever fucking phrase you used. Just the thought of them having to keep something, quoting something that used to be a Halo reference, but now is about a t- terrible Microsoft helping application is upsetting. And we're going to hear it over and over again, and that's all I'm going to think about anyways um i don't know boys the boys
0: i'm gonna need a new cortana i'm gonna need cortana as the new uh i'm gonna end it uh Ooh. yeah so we'll be saying that all the time from now on
3: yeah um the boys i don't know i it, it was funny to see three versions of beyond what's his name not beyond oh, they making oh, my out God. with each other which yeah, Beyonce. Think, yeah. yeah why yeah. not
2: what one is just straight up the Animaniacs. And I love yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah. Or it's really Simpy. strange. Yeah, exactly. Rensepi too. It's um it looks very interesting. Um, uh, they're definitely leaning into the Rick and the Morty, uh, Rick and Morty, not and the Morty. Uh Rick and Morty of it all. The
0: Rick and the Morty of it all. <laughs>
2: uh I the the all-star cast is truly all-star. Like it does look really fun. Um, uh, we're getting a shit ton of cameos. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm on board. Well, it'll probably be just okay, and I'll watch every episode, just like Halo. <laughs> I I think it'll it'll
1: explore the world uh, because of the show. You know, has a driving narrative of like you know with um, uh, what's his like butcher and we we what's his face Stewie is that his name? Who's the main character? Huey Huey okay, Huey Huey. Why did I think Stewie? I'm thinking Family Guy now. Uh, Huey and Butcher and, you know, they're, they're kind of their war against, um, you know, the uh, the Seven uh, and Vought. And this is just, I think, going to more explore, like, the world around it. Like, maybe it'll go into, like, Teen Kicks, which is the teenage hero, um, psychic heroes. Maybe we'll get, like, some cameos from there. I mean, I think it was smart for them to, like, focus in on this, like, burger commercial just to show, like, how, like, uh, a world with a bunch of superheroes, like, what that does. Uh, we got a little bit out in season two, remember, with, like, the the Planet Hollywood restaurant that uh, Homelander takes his son to uh, along with, um, oh God, I can't remember anyone's name. It's the fucking Wonder Woman pastiche. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Amazon or? Star yeah, anyway,
0: Oh, no, no not her. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know won't. what about. The yeah, other one. The,
1: the, the, the War, lesbian, no. the Amazon. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, seeing more of that kind of stuff, I think would be kind of fun. Um, you know, the animation looks fine. It looks cute. I, I'm down to watch it.
3: So each episode is supposed to be a different animation style entirely. So basing this off of this isn't really doing anything for it. Um, and they're all going to be short. They're going to be like 12 minutes, 14 minutes kind of stuff, like we dealt yeah. with when, with that terrible X-Men, I mean, X, excuse me, Star Wars Visions thing. Oh, yeah. So this might be a total mixed bag.
0: I think it's interesting how Amazon has kind of leaned into this, these short clips uh, to feed the boys especially with additional content because they have like a bunch of those little videos of news reports and stories that are set in the Vault universe. Uh, and to have this as an extension, I'm kind of curious why they're doing it for this show as opposed to any other, but um, Caleb?
1: Yeah, I was thinking the reason why they're doing it is because I think season three has been severely delayed because um, season two came out like in 2020 Uh, and season one was 2019 so there's only a year between those seasons and it looks like it'll be like a full at least two years if not longer between season two and three so this is probably just to like keep the interest going and make people remember that oh yeah you know this is actually a pretty uh popular property that amazon uh has been able to acquire um and you know make some serious money off of
2: yeah
0: well said agreed (laughs) it's a news flash It's the news, but Clark is mad about it. All right, on May
3: 7th, Marvel brings you Judgment Day. In what is bound to be a huge retcon, the Eternals have realized the mutants are deviants, even though they aren't because they weren't created by the Celestials and are fucked up monsters. But they still need to kill the mutants because the Eternals are shitty. One Twitter teaser, a quote from the Eternal Druid, States, Drew. Excuse me. States that they have been killing deviant for millions of years, but the first recorded mutant is Selene in seventeen thousand years ago. So I don't know what the fuck this is. The story begins on the free comic book day Avengers slash X Men one shot, which means the Avengers are involved as well, but they just seem to be standing in the middle in the shot that we see. So who the fuck knows? Anyways, does this sound dumb, stupid, bizarre, etc.? Anyone? Uh, yeah, I.
1: Yes, it sounds dumb. I'll just say it. it. It gave me a lot of like Inhumans versus X-Men vibes. And it just feels like at least for that was like clearly an editorial driven policy because Marvel, like Marvel Studios couldn't use the X-Men and the mutants. They were really trying to supplant the humans with that. That was like the reason why this just seems like, okay, Eternals was a you know pretty popular movie. The X-Men are more popular than they have been in a very long time. The Avengers obviously, you know, have their level of popularity. There's a little bit of a better reason. I don't really like understand to your point, Clark. Like why Druig said some of that stuff. Um, but the creative team is also really strong. It's Karen Gillen who's writing it because he's going. He's writing Eternals and uh, the upcoming Immortal X Men. Valerio Shiti, who drew Sword, is drawing it, so it'll look good. But Marvel has a history of very talented writers writing for their uh big events and still like crashing and burning i mean IVX was written by charles sewell and jeff lemire who are no slouchers they're phenomenal writers in their own right and they still kind of you know stunk up
2: the bed so to speak right yeah well said it's we, we started with the traditional crossover in the comic book, like
3: avengers beat
2: the x-men like back in the day and then we got civil war which was actually good and then we went to Uh, a lot more crossovers and over the years it's just gotten more watered down so i'm not thrilled about this the only element that they really kind of brought to this is like there's three camps to it instead of just two which i mean whatever it's like three on three battles instead of like (laughs) one-on-one i don't know um it's uh i i'm anxious to see a little bit of the uh how they can justify that the x-men don't murder every team that comes up against them. There's not that many Eternals. There's definitely not that many Avengers. So like the X-Men have a lot of characters in their repertory, especially on Krakoa slash Arako. So it's like, I I don't know how they could justify it.
0: Brent? Is there any way to think about what Druig says, not literally, but that what he means when he's comparing them to the Deviants, You know, those are his arch rivals so that what he's really saying is that they have secretly kind of represented this true threat to humanity in a way that other forces haven't, that they were obsessed with. And that they're just euphemistically bringing them to that level rather than actually saying these are deviant people.
3: Um, I'm not sure. I don't doubt they'll do it. Um, since Jason Aaron's been doing all this horrible shit in Avengers and doing the million years ago, Avengers and stuff, they're purposely bringing it back to that point from that's when the real Marvel universe started. So I'm assuming they'll some, do some sort of fucking strange, right? I was not. too hopeful. I was if, believing if, too if, much. If not, it's going to be kind of a, a waste of a, both a quote and a story. And you don't, I don't like you don't, this.
2: Do you think one of the celestials would just be like,
3: that's not what I meant. I'm, I'm, just explain it, <laughs>
2: just explain a little bit more.
3: Narsham comes down in issue five and just gives him a nice slap in the face and said, No, 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 no,
1: Ryan. <laughs> why, why is that celestial basically Maddie from Euphoria? That's not <laughs> what I meant.
2: <laughs> a thousand percent, everyone watch it.
1: But speaking <laughs> of the Celestials, obviously, you know, the Avengers, uh, their, their home base is the dead Celestial, uh, mm-hmm. like it's covered in ice. In Kieran Gillen's uh, highly underrated X-Men run, you know, they dealt with like a, a celestial coming down to like near like near Utopia in San Francisco. You know, so there's that parts of it too. I like I want it, I I want it so bad to be good. You know what I'm saying? Like I like I want I want one of these events, these line wide events, to be like, okay, wow, great, great concept, you know, great story all the way through, great climax, great denouement, you know, and it actually changes the face of the Marvel Universe in some, you know, in some very visible way. But uh, the track record isn't great. But of course, we're going to read it. We'll review it. You know.
3: All right. So, Pitch Game. What? Yes, great. Okay. Pitch Game, sponsored by Kalen Batea. You have to write a story where two teams from any universe are at odds with with each other. What the fuck's your story, Brent?
0: Uh, I think mine would be the oh, I meant, I meant
3: you as a human being, not
0: not you as the game we're playing. What the fuck's yeah. your story? Yeah, I understood what that meant. But now <laughs> going back over it makes me feel like you might have slightly meant the first one a little bit and then had I to do. cover and say, I don't mean that. <laughs> I, my story, you know what my story is? I think I'm a hardworking young man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <it's the laughs> my be The Thunderbolts versus The <laughs> Runaways. Uh, So the runaways having their children, having beaten their parents, they're now skilled, they're more competent, and they decide that they don't want any other family to have to go through what their parents did. So they just start a campaign to go after individual superhero teams that they suspect being most likely of either being complete frauds or of having children. And the first team they come up against is the Thunderbolts.
2: Do they give them birth control or
3: what do they do?
0: No, they, they try and beat them up. But the Thunderbolts, <laughs> you know, the Thunderbolts is the team that fucks for sure. Yeah, that's a great one.
3: What kind of characters, what characters are in a Thunderbolts for you?
0: Oh, God. Don't I don't have a list. Don't, quiz don't, him. A list. don't, quiz don't him. Come list. on. I wasn't expecting a follow-up question.
3: Well, I mean, there are so many different Thunderbolts, meaning like, is this kind of a quasi villainous team from Dark Rain? or is this like one that are trying to grow and be good? Or is it like just kind of the shitty team that are underneath um, Kingpin right now?
0: This is the yeah. This I was definitely thinking of the Rain and Black team.
3: Oh, yeah. King and Black.
0: Um, what, just what? let that go. Just let King it go. King and King and Black. King
1: and, Black. In, King and Black.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, but close enough.
0: Caleb. Look, I don't know. This stuff, stop trying to embarrass was, me in front of it, it my diamonds. You it, could, was it was a great like effort.
2: Suggestion. Yeah, let
0: everybody Not give effort. a round of applause. I looked up stuff, I tried.
1: You did your research, my god. We're all so proud of you. Okay, so speaking of fucking, um, my uh crossover, also in the Marvel Universe, it's the original Defenders versus the Fantastic Four, and the reason why is Sue Storm and Namor finally fuck, uh, mm-hmm. but this happens early on, so it's a retcon. Mr. Fantastic gets mad, wants to go after Namor, but Namor's got his own gang with Doctor Strange, uh, the Incredible Hulk, and Silver Surfer, all of whom have some interaction with the Fantastic Four, and they're just fighting because because Reed Reed's mad, and so yeah. like the matchups it's Reed versus Doctor Strange, the Thing versus Hulk, uh, Silver Surfer versus Human Torch, and Namor and Sue Storm just fuck again. That's basically what happens. For you know, it's it's uh, it's a six part uh, miniseries with a bunch of like ancillary titles, like, uh, you know, um, uh, I don't know what this crossover is called, but they have like, you know, a, a Thunderbolts tie-in, you know, and Brenton, and his, you know, his crossover with The Runaways comes in as well. So it's line-wide. The, the Marvel Universe is forever changed.
0: Yeah, okay, uh, well, what, what name all the sexual positions they're in. See, it's not fun to be grilled about things you don't know, Caitlin.
1: Cowgirl, reverse cowgirl, missionary. Upside Straight Down, in Inside Upside Out Cowgirl. Negative Cowgirl. Right.
3: <laughs> Ryan, what is Inside Out Cowgirl? <laughs> I'll show you later. I'll show you later.
2: Um, Ryan, shall I your,
3: Yes. So I
2: also stayed in the Marvel Universe. Um, I created two teams that I know would viscerally just fucking hate each other. So on the first team, we have Banshee, Siren, Dazzler, the new X-Men DJ, Songbird, and Black Bolt. And this team is entitled... The scream team. I literally uh, thought that's what you were gonna say. Exactly. <laughs> what about their eighth member, Ryan Crow? Yes. Uh, well, I auditioned. I didn't make it.
0: Well, um, Ryan, you don't you don't have to name the other team because everyone already hates them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a stiff competition for the other one. But in that team, it's Somnus and Sleepwalker because they have sleeping powers, and we know what would happen. Um, Daredevil, Venom, and Namor because they are sensitive to hearing and Neymar has giant ears and dick. Um, And then also an additional character, (laughs) jazz jazz who sounds like he's music or sound related, but he's not, he's just blue. And that's his Mm -hmm. only mutation. And this team is called too loud crowd. So they, and their actual uh, reason why they're mad at each other is they just think the scream team is too loud, too damn loud all the time. (laughs) Uh, more of a scuffle, more of something that I'm dealing with in my current uh, apartment with my neighbor. But uh, but yeah, uh, I think they just they, they go out, they fight crime, and the other team's like, shut up.
0: It's really yeah. just you an HOA crisis.
2: You know what I love about that? The Marvel universe
1: is literally the world outside your window, yeah. and you looked within your window to create this Marvel universe. I've been <laughs> on I love the that.
3: Wall next to my window to get a team. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? yeah. <laughs> The first thing when I saw this pitch game, I don't know why it was the first thing I thought of, was our universe. And it was just people who identify as bisexuals and people who identify as pansexuals just fighting for five years over semantics.
0: <laughs> well, five years exactly. I hope that doesn't they, happen. <laughs> they, they put on a timer and they say, Five yeah. years, we're done. After we'll that, wherever, we, wherever and, we settle, we settle.
3: And by the end, hopefully, everyone just does says what they want to be. And that's
0: enough for me. Yeah. All right. I'm done with that.
3: Yeah. And DC news. We're done. All of the things I hate about DC are back. It's Kaelin gone now. Everything you no, think. Oh, there you go. Okay, everything you think you knew about the DC universe since 1985's Crisis on Infinite Earths was all fucking nonsense. In this week's Justice League Incarnate number 4, or whatever week, we find out Alan Moore, villain The Great Darkness, has been the cause of the 500-something line-wide multiverse reboots that DC has been shitting out of their mouth for the last four decades. It's all been a plot for him to turn the multiverse into nothingness. Uh, Number one, my question number one is just fuck you, DC. Number two is, (laughs) Kaylin, do you have any words on this shit? I have many words on this shit
1: um, and I'm just irritated as fuck because, look, you know, obviously I'm the biggest DC fan out of all of us, um, except for, you know, Adam Kasari who just believes that Injustice is the only thing DC's ever published. Um, And like their books have been getting better. Like they're like, they're doing some interesting things, some creative things, a lot of queer content, more more diverse voices as, as creators. And this is just like, I swear to God, dc cannot let go of the creations of alan moore and grant morrison and other giants of the industry and just move the fuck on like just stop just stop just stop like mining the past i hate this so much this retcon that like the biggest bad in all these crises was this great darkness of um a story that alan moore wrote 40 years ago almost 40 years ago like it's just oh it's just garbage just bad it's just it's It's like comics that don't say anything about the world at all. They just say stuff about, like, comics that have already existed. And, like, this is the stuff that I think is, you know, kills the industry more than anything else. Brent?
0: I mean, I I think that, in general, you're going to run into problems with your story if your retconning is destructive rather than creative. Like, really good retconning is where you've taken something that people know and you add something extra to it that recontextualizes it and makes you think about it in a different way, a la, you know, um, Hawk's Watchmen, Coxbox, whatever, yeah. Um, the ones that just say, well, it's the improv, no, <laughs> no. There's like, well, all the stuff that happened, not really, it's something different. It's like, well, you've got a bunch of readers who fell in love or at least somewhat enjoyed occasionally what story you had before to say none of it was real none of it mattered it really feels hollow and unsatisfying.
3: I mean that's what I feel about DC as a whole is hollow and uns- hollow and unsatisfying
0: It's really
1: sad I just I just you know I want it to be better and again there are books that are quality uh, but like they seem to like for a long time DC has these like head writers like Jeff Johns and now Joshua Williamson who are just in love with the comics that they read in the past and they have nothing new to say about them whatsoever. They're just like, Oh, let me see if I can out oh, grim dark, you know, the stuff that happened 30, 40 years ago. I'm like, cool. Great. What is that? What, what the hell does that do for me as a reader?
0: Maybe this oh, will a yeah, and burn and they'll, they'll like retry and they'll try and do something different eventually, but I doubt it. They've got, yeah. too, they've got too much invested in their main properties.
3: No, they're going to do something different three years from now, and it's going to be the same thing again, where they exchange it and the great darkness, was behind, someone else was behind him, and it'll just keep going to we're all dead.
0: <laughs> and they're just further and further back. They're like that meme yeah. with the gun pointing. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs> all right, so known hack Roland Emmerich thinks Marvel, DC, and Star Wars films are ruining the film industry, even though they're the only movies that sell and are the only things that are keeping the industry afloat. Also, he made 2012, the day after tomorrow, which were abortions, and he needs to go fuck himself with a knife. Uh, question number one, have you ever fucked yourself with a knife, Kalen? No.
1: Um, I'm not going to answer that question, but r- reminder that Adam Kasari did get me a knife for Secret Santa. That's oh, all God, I'm going to say did. about that. That was
0: the one time well, with it. So Sorry, Kalen says, says TBD.
3: <laughs>
1: TBD. <laughs>
3: uh, to Ryan. be dicked. Do you hate him, Roland Emmerich? I mean, not Adam. And do you hate his work? Yes. Yes, thank you. Yes, both
2: both questions, by the way. All right. Um, Uh,
3: Perfect.
0: Sorry. I I think we have to talk about in context what Emmerich is saying because he's currently releasing a movie called Moonfall, which Mm -hmm. is about how the moon is hollow and about to, there's like an alien species that's going to use the moon to attack the earth uh-huh. i don't know that he's got a very solid foundation to criticize things on um <laughs>
3: so so currently currently in marvel comics um dan Slott has blown up the moon by some sort of alien creatures the badoon so this isn't really i mean this is the same shit everyone's been doing for years anyways i mean moon's yeah. been blown up by a fucking dragon before in m- multiple comics and series kaylin
1: Roland Emmerich directed that awful Stonewall movie from a few years back. Yeah,
3: um, I don't oh, did remember. He? Did oh, he do the super white one?
1: The super white one. So he can go fuck himself doubly because he whitewashed a uh, a very pivotal moment in queer history, where True. the first person you know who threw the brick was yes. a black trans woman, and he the reason he did it was like, oh, I wanted to make this you know more palatable to like cishet you know mainstream audiences so fuck you roland emmerich <laughs> he did you when, <laughs> so he's done
2: independence day Moonfall, yes. the day after tomorrow 2012 uh godzilla midway uh so a lot of disaster this is this Let's is a, a 1998
3: that. godzilla when i <laughs> When I, thought oh, of Stonewall, when, when yeah, I read terrible. Stonewall, I literally thought it was just another disaster film, not about the Stonewall riots. It was a disaster film. It was <laughs> yeah, a disaster exactly. film. <laughs> um, he okay. also
2: did The Patriot, which I think would be probably the most well-regarded of the bunch. Shit,
3: no thanks. No oh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Mel traffic. Traffic. this trash. I'm talking about
0: trash. It's so funny to me because his movies, all of his movies are when you're watching a TV show or a movie, that's the movie, that's the fake movie that someone says, like, isn't this so stupid? Yes. What if we just have, we've heard of, you know, Skyfall, what if the moon fell? That's the premise. Yeah, All the movies are made after the title. The,
2: the heroes are the most generic people ever. The plot is the most generic thing ever. It's the same plot. And so for you to attack these movies that, sure, formulaically a superhero movie is gonna end and the superheroes winning. Surprise. But like, uh, just terrible astronauts doing the same thing. Fuck off. Eat a dick. Eat a thousand dicks. Whatever.
3: Wh- whenever I walk anywhere near a car, I just assume I'm gonna scrape my ankle, like in that, t- like whatever, the horrible one in the snowstorm day after tomorrow, like poor um, uh. Emily Rossum did, and just like bleed and have to like almost die for weeks. Oh, yeah. And then just hole up in a a library. Yeah, and just hang out there until my boyfriend has to save me that doesn't actually exist.
0: And you only have Roland Emmerich movies to watch? No! (laughs) Oh, my God, just kill me. Then I purposely
3: die instead, yeah. All right, in Marvel adjacent film news, David Hayter, who is the writer of the original X-Men uh, series, movie and co-writer of X2 and Watchmen is working on a television series adaptation of 2000's wildly fucked up video game, American McGee's Alice. Clearly based on Alice in Wonderland, the computer exclusive game follows Alice, whose entire family dies in a house fire. And then she's at a mental institution, has a psychotic break and finds herself in Wonderland, which is a really fucking twisted funhouse nightmare version and she goes around wielding a bloody knife because she has to go attack and kill the Red Queen Jabberwocky because a Cheshire Cat, who looks like a goddamn wiener abortion, has to um, stop them. In the process, every character you've ever loved or cared about gets violently murdered, stomped on, ripped apart, sl- head slipped off, everything else. Uh, did anyone play the original game? I know, Ryan, you did. What would you I say? Yeah. Are you uh, looking forward to this?
2: Uh, uh, kind of? I don't know why. <laughs> um the the game was really fucked up, and it it was I think it was everyone's emo phase that we were all going through, where like I dyed my hair black, even though it's dark brown, it made no what, sense. What, and
3: what then, grade, so what I, grade are you in? How old were you?
2: Uh, I'm early
3: college at this point.
2: I'm I'm still in college. You, uh, this is two thousand. I think I me? think Kalen and you are retired at this point. So it's wait. So what? Wait, did they come like, out with
3: the? It came out in the year two thousand, so definitely. Oh, two thousand. Oh, okay, no, then, I, then I'm in high school. Then I'm in high school. So you were a complete goth emo. Uh, yeah, just fully emo.
2: Yeah, but I, I really enjoyed this game. I don't know why. It kind of creeped me out. Uh, but yeah, I am interested to see where this goes. I mean, I do enjoy the first X Men movie in X Two, so he might be able to pivot it in a kind of interesting way.
0: I mean, it seems like an interesting proto version of the evil Garfield meme uh, that you just take something that people find completely or relatively innocent and beloved and make it this Lovecraftian gruesome horror, which I'm totally oh, in it's, for.
3: It's pretty fucked up looking, just covered in blood. Alice is just wandering around stabbing folks. Oh. Um, yeah. So I played this game quite a lot. This was freshman year of college. And when me and my sweet mate who was, um, I was going to say big old fat ass, but sure. He um, he was a bicyclist, so it was good. But anyways, we would hook, hook up and then play a really fucked up game where everyone's slashing each other apart and then hook up again. And it was a good time. print your fingers up. Your middle finger. Uh, yeah, up. I was going
0: to ask, uh, who is this is being produced by uh, Disney+, Plus, right? <laughs> yeah.
3: They don't know yet, but no. Yeah. Um, what do you, will this make a good TV show? It doesn't seem like something to me that would last more than one season because there's like nine characters in all of the story. Yeah, no. I, this would just be a movie. Be done. Yeah.
0: I mean, having a nice long limited series would be fun. Give it some yeah. time to delve into real issues, but not overstay its welcome.
3: Ten episodes and I'm out. I'm huh? done. All right. I'm done. Okay. Well, hey, got don't something. be mad at
2: us.
0: Be mad at the news. All right. you'll be, mad be mad stupid. Both. Yeah. All right, we're dusting off this segment. All right, it might be stupid because someone said or did something comics adjacent that might be stupid. We're going to see if we can make it more so. This past week, Ezra Miller, uh, who plays the Flash in the Zack Snyder Justice League universe, posted a vague message to the KKK in North Carolina, putting them on notice. Um, They start by asking how the KKK, you know, how they are. Uh, then uh, they let him know that uh, if they want to die by a gun, they should use their own. Otherwise, we'll do it for them. Um, the first question is, Ezra's in a moving car, but clearly not driving. <laughs> what do you think the driver was thinking about while this was going on?
3: I didn't read this the way you thought. I thought it was in theory, someone's in a moving car and not driving. What do you, like, what do you think, whoever this person is, what they're going to be doing? I was like, is this a hypothetical also i cl- immediately thought of zaza gabor slapping that cop <laughs> so my answer is i don't know it, this man's nuts he, this was the guy who in iceland just like choked out one of his fans because she asked him to asked them to like on camera and was literally choking her out until she was on the ground so this guy's a fucking weirdo i think this individual I think if, excuse me they 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 done i think if
2: this is ezra's comment driver then, the driver's just like, oh, Ezra's up to it again. I think this is just a uh, just a drip in the pond that is the unbalancedness of Ezra' terrible haircut. Currently, Miller.
0: Well, uh, Ezra got a lot of positive feedback from fans for attacking saying, the KKK. Come on, finally, we, uh, yeah, he was making a bold, bold, bold stance really oh, sticking it you know
1: today. what i hate racism especially during black history month wow bold. <laughs> thank you
0: Kaylin. thank you, you. T- yeah <laughs> all
3: right why uh, why did he choose north carolina only
0: i think he might be doing, the doing something in north carolina
3: okay i don't know why that was my question but that was the one i thought of immediately that's
0: kind of fair yeah why <laughs> it, yeah. it's not clear what he's really saying to them <laughs> like i i think what he's saying is if they want to like do some shooting and then get shot by police, go ahead and use your own guns on each other. But I don't know what his follow up is. Otherwise, we'll do it for them because it undercuts his initial message entirely. Uh, but he, so but he kept saying things like, "You know what I mean?" Because uh, I'll do it, and you're like, yeah. "What are you talking about? What is that? Uh, do you have Do you have something you would like to put on notice right now? Uh-huh.
2: Who to the case? to the kkk I anyone,
0: mean you. anyone 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 no, anyone, anyone COVID, or anything.
2: i'm covid i'm coming
1: for you adam yeah watch out <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to put adam on notice mm-hmm. yeah get, whatever you
2: be Put on notice. yeah what non thing do you want to say clark
1: all
3: right nothing that's all i'm gonna say
1: it's... well i think this is a great Uh, Time to start talking about the issues. Uh, The issues are our weekly recap of All Things X, along with a few of our favorite Marvel house writers and characters. So, this week we've got the 10 Lives Wolverine number two, Sabretooth number one, which is uh, the first issue of a miniseries, and Excellent number one. So, let's start with the 10 Lives Wolverine number two by Benjamin Percy and Joshua Kassara. Wolverine continues his timey-wimey mission to protect Professor X, but keeps getting distracted by side quests like. Stopping Team X from killing innocent villagers and reconciling with an ex-wife. Get it? Ex-wife. Do you get my joke? Do you get it? Do you get it?
0: Mm-hmm. Plus, no. we get a
1: little more. Plus, we get a little yeah. more backstory. Explain, on that. Me- Explain it? Uh, Wait, plus, plus, we get a little what? more back- Plus, we get a little more backstory on Omega Red's mission. So, second issue of Ten lies of Wolverine. It's basically the third issue of the two interweaving miniseries. What do we think so far of this Days of Future Past slash Terminator pastiche?
3: This, me, this I, I'm checked out now. I'm so checked out. I don't care.
2: I, I think there's a little bit of, um, when they pitched this, especially in a lot of the press that they did, um, they said it was going to, ch- this is the next Hawks and Pox. This is going to change everything. This is the launching point for all the X books. And I, I think through Hawks and Pox, we were confused, but we were intrigued with the journey. And I don't know if we're necessarily intrigued with this journey. With that said, the I got whiplash because they're they're I'm over here, I'm over there, I'm like, I'm with my act. I'm like it's it's crazy what they're doing with the with this comic. Um, the art is so damn beautiful though. So yeah, sure. I'm giving I like. And these moments where I'm not necessarily loving maybe the randomness that's going on. I know they're going in the direction, but you can tell they're taking a long time to get there. But so I am enjoying the journey because the art is just so mamma mia, beautiful. Uh, So yeah, I'm still here for the ride, but I'd like them to clarify why Professor X is so important. I know they're time traveling and whatever, but
1: give me
3: more. We, We know that. I know. Yeah
1: so yeah i in addition to the art um i'm intrigued by uh getting a little more backstory on omega red and how he's mikhail's agent and like what mikhail has been you know plotting and why he wants to get rid of xavier uh or like get rid of his lineage i think that's interesting but i'm much more interested in like what we saw last week in the 10 deaths of warring not that i love the moira storyline so much but the idea of a um, you know a future Wolverine that was sort of like phalanxed for lack of a better term, uh, why he is out there now killing mutants, like what's his mission? who sent him on that mission? you know how does it uh, how does it how do you reconcile that with what like Jean and the current Dave Charles Xavier are doing with our Wolverine, so to speak? So that is interesting, but you know, we talked about this Ryan last week is, the reason why it's not as good as a Hawks box is because Benjamin Percy is a fine writer, but he's no better than Hickman. Very few writers are, you know. Very few writers have that ability to weave like such an interesting uh, storyline. But I don't know. I'm gonna say right. he's
2: slightly obsessed with Wolverine, too. I'm gonna <laughs> say it seems very bit. focused on him. A little you bit. Know?
0: Uh, you know, with so many uh, superhero characters and different versions of them, they often. They're just more intense. They're more of whatever they are. They're more muscular. I thought it was kind of nice to see a, a teen uh, Wolverine. Uh, it's like, okay, he was a scrawny asshole once. I think that's fun.
2: Yeah. He still punched that bear in the face.
0: <laughs> that
2: was fun. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, let's move on. Sabretooth number one by uh, Victor Laval and Leonard Kirk. As I said before, it's the start of a miniseries. Victor Creed was the first mutant sentenced to the pit for breaking one of Krakoa's laws. Of course, he broke it before the laws were codified, but that's just snowflake talk, you cuck. Our favorite soft boy, Duck Ramsey, offers Sabretooth the best possible option. Your body will stay in prison, but your mind will be free. After some time, Victor gets bored with getting revenge on uh, the the X-Men in his uh, memory, so he decides to go bigger, like joining the Starjammers, and LARPing in his Game of Thrones fantasy. Ultimately, he chooses to do... Conan the Conqueror cosplay complete with a hellish takeover uh, of Krakoa. And as he's surveying his conquest, five mutants appear in the pit. Necra, Madison Jeffries, Oya, Melter, and Third Eye. And remember, we saw these five in a preview for uh-huh. a lot of the Destiny of X books, including uh, for Sabretooth. So yes. question for all of y'all. Uh, if Doug told Sabretooth that no more mutants would be relegated to the pit, what's up with these five? and related, does this take place after the events of X-Men Green?
0: Brent? Uh, I think that we've got a good place situation on our hands, that these five are a way of trying to help reform Sabretooth um, Mm. and see the value in other people that he might have otherwise just used as a tool um, because just erasing his memory obviously wasn't working. And letting him be free to get tired of the pointlessness of conquest uh, in a world that's not real also wasn't working. Um, yeah. So maybe it's just a test to try and make him a better person.
3: That's, that's a great guy.
0: guess. Yeah, that's a really good guess.
3: What's um, the story with that cat in, when he has like the three versions of himself and they were having their little blood I, orgy conversation and there's just a cat watching him?
2: I think it was just his feral side, just watching, just like another part of him. You but know what just... I got from that? You know what I got from that besides the
1: cat was remember in the third season of Dark with the the uh, the one person that showed the boy the middle aged man and the old man. Mm. Like I got like vibes of that. Yeah, yeah. But the cat, yeah. the cat is very the cat is. I think Ryan's got a really good point of the, like that's his feral side.
3: I'm looking forward to these five. The only reason I'm picking up this book in in not trade form, but paper form is because I I really like Necra, who's just a complete freak character that's just strange (laughs) looking as hell. Madison Jeffries, I like. I want to see why Oya is suddenly like a piece of shit that they put down there. And Melter is the young Avengers version that, uh, yeah, the young Avengers, young masters version, excuse me, that just like literally will just fucking melt somebody's body into nothingness. And then Third Eye, it seems like this is a new character, but they've had a Third Eye before.
1: Yeah, and it went, I, didn't, and I didn't
3: recognize that one.
2: I like that I mean, Necra I... just refuses to ever wear, like, a normal outfit. Over all these years, she's been alive. Like,
1: yeah. Why so,
3: not? flaunt it.
1: The reason yeah. why I really, why I really, really like this issue more than I thought I was going to was um, Sabretooth needs to remain a villain. Like, anytime they try to make him an wow. anti-hero or make him more heroic in, like, the normal 616, it never works for me. Um, uh, you know, like, the closest you can get is uh, like during the failings Covenant, leading up Generation X, where he's like one of the last ones left, and there's an even bigger threat of the techno-organic, you know, uh, species to co- that's coming to like take over, you know, Earth basically, and that kind of works. But you have to keep him; you've got to keep his villain aside, otherwise, he's just like a lesser Wolverine, in my opinion. Secondly, the reason why I really liked it um, was the. Um, the explanation or the little like data page about prisons, because I think that is one of the more interesting things. That's like, like the problematic with Krakoa where you have this paradise and then you have this pit uh, like as a prison. And like one of the few people that's in it was sent in there before those laws got got codified. I know I made that joke uh, in, in the description, but like that is like, that's truly barbarous. It's truly unfair. And a civilized society shouldn't be treating prisoners or, you know, uh, enemies of the state that way. And I think, like, if this miniseries ends up becoming an exploration of that, and Brent, to your point, I really like the idea of, like, these five are brought in to maybe help him, you know, rehabilitate himself. Uh, I think that could be a really interesting way of this is being dealt. Clark?
3: I liked um, Sabretooth when he was in his whatever the fuck that was called inversion axis whatever form that cullen when cullen Bunn wrote the uncanny x-men that had magneto and psylocke and all of them on scene. Axis. i also liked, I liked it yeah. yeah i also liked it because you knew he was going to have to break bad and just the thought of him mentally he was going to go back to what it used to be he's kind of dark and fucked up and i quite like that
2: i think my favorite part was doug uh Tech uh, techno organic uh, lawyer, like he just came in with his like <laughs> fucking briefcase. I was like fucking move over, dude. This is way more interesting. They've really just Doug
0: Ramsey techno organic lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Not for hire.
2: He does it for free. Um. Uh, yeah. I, I. He's he's just really grown as a character. It's really it's so fun to see. And also just like the way they they created the the area that like he's staying in is like maybe his hallucinations maybe what he's actually fighting but like even the room he's staying in with all the roots and everything like being deep in the earth of krakow it's just really interesting visually to see that in the background all the time
0: and huge fashion upgrade for warlock never looked better than as a briefcase Mm -hmm. trend Trend alert yeah he wouldn't be he has to be
3: somewhat in his head, right? Because we would we would be seeing Orphan Maker and Nanny and Toad if not. I that I that's why I agree with you too. And even if it's way before they all get
2: sucked down there, I think each time you go down there, because you just go fucking crazy. So they you have your own little world that you're living in, right? At that point. so t- time wise,
1: I think this takes place after X Men Green because Doug also was the one mm-hmm. to let Nature go, nature Girl and Curse go. And so yeah. I think it, like, fits in uh, with the whole, like, I don't really believe in the pit, but it's before the Hellion, the end of Hellions. Yeah. So I think that's where okay. this sort of fits. At least this yeah. issue does. That kind of we'll, makes sense, yeah. And then maybe sure we'll see, down. like, Nanny and Orphan Maker um, see, in this series. At least I hope we do.
2: I
3: was I expecting
1: that...
2: them to show up at the end. Yeah. That's who I was expecting at the end.
3: Well, I, yeah. I, I think based on the fact that this was purposely placed during Wolverine's whole thing, that ta- these two things are taking place concurrently. Everything else has happened before. They wouldn't mm-hmm. randomly have started this at this point. If ever, The only issue we've had timeline-wise was um, whatever, Trial of Magneto.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested in this series. It, it's, it, I don't like Sabretooth as a character, but this may be at least intrigued by him. So Victor, kudos. Victor LaSalle is a very good writer. Really, really,
1: really good writer. And writer, so. he's named Victor, just like Sabretooth. So boom. No, there you go. There you go. Uh, by imitates art. So one more book this week. Uh, excellent number one by Peter Milligan and art by Michael and Laura Allred. Uh, and it's an ironic title because it's anything but excellent, um, at least in my opinion. So Milligan and the Allreds attempt to recapture their collaborative magic from 20 years ago by creating something that's a commentary on today's celebrity culture, while only being tangentially related to the X-Books at best. What do we think this comic's trying to say? And do you think this seems relevant at all in the year of a Lord 2022? <laughs> Ryan.
2: Uh, in, the, in the TikTok generation that we're living in right now, this is not relevant. This is like maybe five, six years after his last series started. It's, he references a millennial in, in this and you're like, no, baby, no, baby girl, you got to go way young. Like, yeah. No, you got to do eu- euphoria. you for it. You got to be doing drugs when you're writing this shit. Like it's, it's, uh, it's just not relevant now them even being on the set of a movie or whatever they're recording. It, even that just feels a little au- inauthentic. It's we, we had to go, we had to throw the ball way further for this to hit hard. And so it just feels like a continuation, in my mind, of what was happening years ago. So not, not a commentary for today, basically.
0: I definitely get a Mordred vibe, uh, that it's like, the goal is to just get as much attention. Like, old people have not figured out that the internet culture is a culture, and it's not just, the, the measure is likes and views and clicks and stuff. But the way that this talks about it, it's like, as long as people are looking, that's the only thing that matters. And it feels like an empty, hollow story that's not really talking about the internet, but what someone thinks the internet and you know viral culture is.
3: Yeah, I like the fact that we had a character that was a millennial calling someone else that's younger a millennial. I was like, I, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> Millennials are in me. their
1: like late 30s and 40s now, for the love of God. I know. know? We're old
2: just, as fuck. Yeah. Like, what? What do we do? you're so young you're like i oh, know i'm not it's just pain.
1: Th- this is a horrible thing to say but like i feel like peter milligan is a little too out of touch and too old to tell a story like this now like he was the 100%. right writer at the time in 2001 2002 and now it just feels like ugh, i don't know it's just it's just I long know, time It hurts me though because i, do I like
2: mean statics
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it was great. And like I, we were, you know, 20 years younger at the time. And we were like, they thought it was the coolest shit ever. It just feels less edgy. I will say the art was very nice. Uh, like Mike and Laura Ma- and Laura, his wife, just does a wonderful job of coloring the book. So it just makes it that gives it that pop art feel to it. Um, so it looks great, you know, but that's all I can really say about it. That's that's at all positive, which is sad because I, I loved ecstatics just like you did
2: this feels like it's gonna read well in a collection, maybe when it's all done, but like issue to issue, I think we're gonna probably have some issues with it. Like, I just don't think we're gonna like it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: That's the issues.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so now let's go to a plug-me, Daddy Ryan. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Brent. Uh,
2: so I as we always like to wrap up something here on Home Superior, we it's a little segment we like to call Plug Me Daddy, where each week we get to quickly highlight something that we have read, seen, heard, experienced, and wanted to share with you, our pass-around party bottoms, our listeners. So with that said, who would like to take it away? Kalen? Uh, so... A band I really like
1: uh, called Boy Harsher uh, is just releasing their their third album called The Runner. And uh, the other day I went to go see like their visual album, which was like a movie at a uh, local D.C. venue called Songbird. Um, And it's going to be available for people to watch on Shudder, I believe. I think that's the right app. And it's basically filmed like an old school 70s, early 80s horror film. With bad special effects and everything. And it's really creepy, really unsettling, very surreal at times. But um it's uh I think it's really cool. It's too bad Adam's not on this podcast because I think he would really enjoy watching it, along with the very spooky Synthy, like uh even kind of quasi John Carpenter like soundtrack vibes to to the music. Uh, but the music is great, the album's really a lot of fun, and um there's some very unsettling imagery uh, in, in the movie and the end credits are a lot of fun because they're all kind of singing and dancing to this one song that should be that like in a, in a normal movie, in an 80s or a 90s movie, it would be like a really fun, happy song, but it's still like pretty like, you know, minor key and a little macabre sounding. So it's kind of cool.
2: Um, it's on Shudder, you said?
0: Yeah, it's on Quibi. Uh. <laughs> okay, right, my next... Is- a mine uh me it's about me uh there's a new show on netflix uh called getting curious with jonathan van ness oh, it's God. funny it's really weird basically in each episode jonathan van ness has some question he's curious about so he goes and gets the answers the first episode <laughs> is bu- bugs are they gross or gorgeous it's really fun wow they've got a little side pack. Got some good side segments, lots of great jokes, some knowledge in there. It's a perfect show. Clark, Mm. do you have anything?
3: Yeah. So I was up in my family's house this week and I was looking through up in my up the attic where I have got a place. And I was looking, I was organizing all of my comics, and I decided to reread some of the indie ones, decide whether they're trash or not, most of some of my recent ones. And all you listeners, um, I'm going to throw them in the street if they're bad. So you should just come and collect them at 14th and Church in DC. They'll just be in the street. <laughs> so I've got Assassination Nation, Queen of Bad Dreams, Rise, Bunny Mask, Angela de la Mort, Seis Cuerdas, Bad Luck Chuck, Cult Classic, Creature Feature, and Manor Black. And probably most of them will just be dumped in the street. That you're welcome. Okay, and we don't know if they're good or bad yet. Um, I, I, they were once good enough for me to save But now I'm questioning them Okay, yeah, people change I don't That's think this is how special. Plug Me Daddy
2: works I think this is the
1: opposite of Plug Me Daddy
3: This is well, called I'm, Yard I'm, Set I'm, I'm, I'm plugging myself Selling these hey. products for free uh, Yeah, well maybe it. they They could get plugged by
2: you Clark And then pick up a comic on the way out Wouldn't that be fun no. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, so my recommendation This week is the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. Oh, God, I saw it. It's uh, it's it's something to be said about something, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure what this, the statement is. Um, <laughs> it's basically based on all those psychological thriller movies and novels that you've read over the uh uh over like the many many years, where a woman knows too much or too little, basically. So you're going to see a lot of casseroles being shattered and a lot of wine being drunk. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a fun night in. Uh, It's, it's quite the experience. And I definitely recommend it to anyone who has seen one of those movies or hates any of those movies. I I will say if you,
3: if you, if you don't know any of those movies, really, you won't like it. Like I was like, okay, I don't, not that I don't get it. I don't care because I haven't watched maybe two of those movies ever. I think you've written most of those. But movies. I watch but okay. I'm with a woman in those movies.
2: <laughs> I know you are.
0: All right. That's been our episode. You can find us on Twitter at Homo Superior X and Instagram at Homo Podcast. Rate and review us if you like us. We've been Homo Superior, and we're putting you shit dicks on notice. Bye, little homos.
2: Bye.